The Autobiography of Madame Kion by Jean Kion, Volume 1, Chapter 26. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. One day during my husband's lifetime, laden with sorrow, not knowing what to do, I wished to speak to a person of distinction and merit, who came often into the country. I wrote to request an opportunity with him, for that I wanted his instruction and advice. But soon after I felt remorse for it. This voice spoke in my heart, What? Dost thou seek for ease and to shake off my yoke? Hereupon I instantly sent a note again to desire him to excuse me, adding that what I had written was only from self-love, not necessity, that as he knew what it was to be faithful to God, I hoped he would not disapprove my acting with this Christian simplicity, yet he resented, which surprised me much, as I had conceived a high idea of his virtue. Virtues he had, but such as are full of the life and activities of nature, and unacquainted with the paths of mortification and death. Thou O oh my God, has been my conductor even in these paths, as with admiration I have discovered since they are past. Blessed be thy name forever. I am obliged to bear this testimony to thy goodness. Before I continue my narration, I must add one remark which the Lord gave me to make upon the way by which He, in His goodness, was pleased to conduct me, which is that His obscure path is the surest to mortify the soul, as it leaves it not any prop to lean upon for support. Though it has no application to any particular state of Jesus Christ, yet at its coming out, it finds itself clothed with all his dispositions. The impure and selfish soul is hereby purified as gold in the furnace, full of its own judgment and its own will before, but now obeys like a child and finds no other will in itself. Before it will have condensed it for a trifle, now it yields at once, not with reluctance and pain, by way of practicing virtue, but as it were naturally. Its own vices are vanished. This creature, so vain before, now loves nothing but poverty, littleness, and humiliation. Before, it preferred itself above everybody, now everybody above itself. Having 
a boundless charity for its neighbor to bear with his faults and weaknesses in order to win him by love which before it could not do but with great constraint the rage of the wolf is changed to the meekness of the lamb during all the time of my experiencing my miseries and my deep trials i went after no fine sight or recreations i wanted to see and know nothing but jesus christ my closet was my only diversion even when the queen was near me whom i had never seen and whom i had desired enough to see i had only to open my eyes and look out to see her yet did not do it i had been fond of hearing others sing yet i was once four days with one who passed for the finest voice in the world without ever desiring her to sing which surprised her because she was not ignorant that knowing her name i must know the charming excellence of her voice however i committed some infidelities in inquiring what others said of me by way of blame i met with one who told me everything though i showed nothing of it it served only to mortify me i saw i was yet too much alive to self i shall never be able to express the number of my miseries they are so vastly surmounted by the favors of god and so swallowed up in these that i can see them no more one of the things which gave me most pain in the seven years i have spoken of especially the last five was so strange a folly of my imagination that it gave me no rest my senses bore it company i could no more shut my eyes at church thus having all the gates and avenues open i was like a vineyard exposed because the hedges which the father of the family had planned were torn away i saw every one that came and went and everything that passed in the church for the same force which had drawn me inward to recollection seemed to push me outward to dissipation laden with miseries weighted down with oppressions and crushed under continual crosses i thought of nothing but ending my days thus there remained in me not the least hope of ever emerging notwithstanding i thought i had lost grace forever and the salvation which it merits for us i longed at least to do what i could for god though i fear i should never love him seeing the happy state from whence i had fallen i wished in gratitude to serve him though i looked on myself as a victim doomed to destruction 
sometimes the view of that happy period caused secret desires to spring up in my heart of recovering it again i was instantly rejected and thrown back into the depth of the abyss i judged myself to be in a state which was due to unfaithful souls i seemed my god as if i was forever cast off from thy regard and from that of all creatures by degrees my state ceased to be painful i became even insensible to it and my insensibility seemed like the final hearting of my reprobation my goodness appeared to me a mortal coldness it was truly so o my god since i thus died to self in order to live wholly in thee and in thy precious love to resume my history a servant of mine wanted to become a barnabite i wrote about it to father de la Malle. he answered me that i must address father lacombe who was then the superior of the barnabites of tonneau that obliged me to write to him i had always preserved secret respect and esteem for him as one under grace i was glad of this opportunity of recommending myself to his prayers i wrote to him about my fall from the grace of god that i had requited his favors with the blackest ingratitude that i was miserable and a subject worthy of compassion and far from having advanced toward god i was become entirely alienated from him he answered in such a manner as if he had known by a supernatural light the frightful description i had given of myself in the midst of my miseries geneva came into my mind a singular manner which caused me many fears what said i to complete my reprobation shall i go to such an excess of impiety as to quit the faith through apostasy the inhabitants of geneva being generally protestant calvinists am i then about quitting that church for which i will give a thousand lives or shall i ever depart from that faith which i will even wish to seal with my blood i had such a distrust of myself that i dare hope for nothing but had a thousand reasons for fear nevertheless the letter which i had received from father lacombe in which he wrote me an account of his present disposition somewhat similar to mine had such an effect as to restore peace and calmness to my mind i felt myself inwardly united to him as to a person of great fidelity 
to the grace of God. Afterward, a woman appeared to me in a dream to be come down from heaven to tell me that God demanded me at Geneva. About eight or ten days before Magdalene's day, 1618, it came into my mind to write to Father Lacombe and to request him, if he received my letter before that day, to pray particularly for me. It was so ordered, contrary even to my expectations, that he received my letter on St. Magdalene's Eve, and when praying for me the next day, it was said to him, thrice over with much power, Ye shall both dwell in one and the same place. He was very much surprised, as he never had received interior words before. I believe, O oh my God, that that has been much more verified, both in our inward sense and experience, and in the same crucifying events which have befallen us, pretty much alike. And in thyself what our dwelling than in any temporal abode. End of chapter 26 Recorded on 1st of December 2008, Athens, Greece.